Poppy, what's going on, brother? How we feeling? Good, man. How you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. We're back at it in the lab. Um, I man, I've compl- I always forget to change the fucking date. Well, that's okay. But like the thing is, I bet you, like, if I didn't say nothing, nobody would probably fucking notice. But no, I notice. Of course not. So then I got to change it. Um, no, it's good, man. It's good. Uh, week two of uh, week two of coaching. Week two of practices. There you go. Um, it's fun. A lot of fun. So. We still have morning practices this week. Uh-huh. Next week, we go to uh, afternoon practices. So, it'll be hot. And this will probably officially be the final week of sitting in the same room together, doing the podcast, um, until season's over. Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we'll get going on the... Uh, Oh, the remote podcast. Yeah. Figure that out. Um, might, I mean, it, it, it might give us an opportunity to put some more more content on the screen for you guys to see at the same time. Um, we're gonna be using Teams, so maybe we'll be able to get like a presentation, like like a presentation tool involved, and we can get like put like a graphic on the screen if we want to show something. Yeah. Like if we're like if we're talking about like fuck, I don't know, fantasy football is gonna be relevant here in the next for the next few episodes Mm -hmm. so we can actually like put like a list on screen instead of you like trying to just hear names so i don't know maybe i haven't fooled around it before i don't really know how it works so we'll see we'll see what happens yeah i guess i guess we'll see what happens don't get your hopes too high i'm kind of just like fucking shooting shit out there i don't really (laughs) i don't really know how well it works but didn't discuss any of this he's like yeah we're gonna get you more graphics yeah, more than we already. Have. I mean, I mean, maybe just like a like like a list of like things we like, things we don't like. I don't know. We'll we'll fi- we'll fucking figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think going uh going remote with the podcast will also. I think it's just gonna free up um some time to get it done. Right. Like we're gonna have more availability. Yeah. It's not like hey, when are you able to make it to my house to come do it? Um, like hey, it's like one of those things where it's we could record on a on a fucking sunday for an episode tuesday yeah i mean we could uh we could record a you know a, a episode after the one o'clock games on a sunday maybe after the four o'clock games maybe not the four o'clock games because that's about the time you go down for your nappy not for much longer oh yeah not for much longer okay yeah that'll be that, that'll be changed before you know it so, I mean, that'll give us a little bit more availability when you and I are actually on a fucking similar schedule. That'll help the cause, yeah. yeah. Not me being awake when I'm supposed to be awake and sleeping when I'm supposed to sleep, and you awake when everybody else is sleeping and sleeping while everyone else is awake. Right. So. The life of an overnighter. It sucks. <laughs> I've I've worked, not an overnight, but I worked night shifts. Um, what was it? Uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, overnights. Uh, it's definitely a pain in the ass. Um, really, no other way to say it. Just a big old pain in the ass. I really don't have. I really don't have another way to to describe it. True, true. How was your weekend though? Uh, weekend wasn't too bad. Didn't it was was pretty uh pretty low key. Didn't really do a whole lot. Um, just kicked it with Steph, and that was about it, man. Nice. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Got to watch a little bit of Ravens football on mm-hmm. Saturday, first time of the year. That was very exciting to see. 
Um, we'll talk about that a little bit here on the episode today. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nothing, uh, nothing too wild. Just um, typical weekend. There you go. Nothing crazy. How about yours? Uh, it was good. Uh, Saturday, Reno texted me. Um, said, hey, Dad and I are going out on the boat. You want to come with us? Mm. Um, so the three of us went out, got some fishing in on, I believe it was the Susquehanna River. Mm. Could be wrong. I think yeah, that's I correct. Clue. I think that's the correct body of water. Um, they didn't tell me a body of water. I didn't ask which body of water. I don't know that it really matters. But I think that's where we were. There was just a body of water. There was a body of water that was big enough for us to take the boat out on. Right. Um, so we went cruising around on that, um, did some fishing, him and his dad had better luck than me. Mm. Um, I was using a crankbait that really was just not tickling the fancy of these, these fish. Mm. Um, but I didn't give a shit enough to like change it out or anything like that. I just kept rocking with it. I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like actually catching the fish while you're fishing is fun, but it was just nice to be out there away from the general public um like yeah of course there was other people out there boating doing whatever um but like but, if, but you but, didn't have to deal with anybody but like it's like if, if people are are all there for like a common interest there's like an etiquette involved and like you know like okay these people are not gonna fucking bother me if we're just out here doing our own fucking thing and they know vice versa Right. They see you boat they see you on your boat there, they see you fishing, they're not gonna come over, anchor down next to you and fish your spot. Right. It's just a dickhead move. That's how you get your boat flipped over in the water. Don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. That's how that's how you summon the Kraken. Right. Could you imagine somebody just like you did that, and, like people just hopped out of their boat and like just fucking flipped your boat <laughs> over? Big ass fucking pontoon. Like literally liter- literally the most uh balanced object on the entire planet is a pontoon <laughs> right you would need like the force of like a thousand men to fucking flip that boat if it's sitting in the water uh, yeah, i was gonna say it's probably not physically possible but could you just imagine yeah. like like that scenario playing out yeah it'd be fucking wild like you just like you and your buddies on a boat fish in there some asshole just like pulls up Anchors down right there, starts fishing right where you're fishing. You're like, yo, what are you doing, man? Like, he's like, ah, oh, right. I'm fishing. Like, yeah, that's fine. Go yeah, somewhere my else. My fucking spot, dude. Like, I'm here. I'm doing my thing. Go somewhere else. When we pull away, feel free. Nah, I'm good here. All right. Like, you and like four or five other people just hop off the boat. Just wham. Like, flip just, it. just flip his <laughs> shit right yeah. there. Like, like I said, don't think it's physically possible. Tell me that wouldn't be funny as shit, though. That would be funny as shit. I think it'd be funny as shit. But no, it was nice. Um, it was nice and relaxing. Like I said, get outside. Um, just relax. Do some fishing on the boat. Cruised around. Um, there's a place there where people actually uh, cliff jump off into the water. Oh, sick. Like, there's some rocks. There's like different levels. There's like super high. Bro, the high one, and Reno can correct me if I'm wrong, it was probably 50, 60 feet off the water. Really? That's like, like it's Like it's a drop down. That's kind of sick. Some of these kids were doing it, man. There was a couple kids doing like uh, like gainers off of it, you know, like jumping forward, but yeah. doing a backflip into the water. Um, good on them, because I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, I know. But I will say, I don't like heights to begin with. Go figure. With my job, I'm going, I'm going thirty, forty feet in the air. But um, I would go skydiving before I did that, or go bungee jumping. I'll say that. 
skydiving before jumping off a 50 foot cliff into water yeah i wouldn't do bungee jumping i would never do that no i will not go there's bungee too jumping. much room for error in bungee jumping yeah like it could snap it could fucking you could get tangled up in it right there's way too much room for error in bungee jumping it's probably safer than we think but in my brain it's not that safe right i'd rather go skydiving That's just me. Holy shit. What? What's up? So CBS posted their power rankings for the MLB uh, yesterday. Okay. I just, I just hadn't looked at it yet. In 29th place, the Royals, it's the Royals, they're on pace to go 52 and 110. That would be the worst record of franchise history by four games. And the Athletics are four and a half games back of them. They're 33 and 86. 53 games below 500. So the A's are like what? On pace to go 48 and 114? The A's, I think, I think are on pace to be historically one of the 10 worst teams in MLB history. Has there ever been a team in MLB history that has not won 50 games in a season? Um, Probably in the pre-World War II days. Okay. Let's see. Worst team in MLB history. That was the Cleveland Spiders in 1899, going a going 20 and 134. Damn. 20 and 134. Um not won 50 games in a year. Orioles have done it. In probably, 2018. That's gonna say probably pretty recently. 47 and 115. Yeah, we were down bad. I was going to say, I, knew, I had a feeling we were on that list. Yeah. Um, this is the modern era. So, of course, eight, 86 to 1900, that was when the MLB was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, they had the National League, American League, American Association, and the Players League. Um, yeah, the worst winning percentage in MLB history was 130. Damn. 20 and 30. A whopping 84 games back. Whew. Crazy thing is, like, it's not even like the first year of like existence for baseball. Yeah. They were a couple years into this. Right. Damn. That's kind of crazy. But no, in the modern in the modern MLB. Oh, so pre-1886 teams. The Brooklyn Atlantics went two and forty-two. fair do you think the mlb plays too many games 162 in a regular season no people will say yes i don't know like that's 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 like a that's like loaded because if your team fucking sucks yeah it's too many fucking games it's a long season we've lived it right 2018 we fucking lived it 47 and 115 61 games back 61. It was a rough year. Right. So, <sighs> you can make the argument they played too many games, but, it, like, it's it's so weighted. If, like, if your team fucking sucks, yes. If your team's good, no. You want the season to keep fucking going. 
I wouldn't mind if, like, once again, I don't think they're going to because there's too many TV deals involved, ticket sales, money to lose, blah, 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 like, whatever. Like, I get it. They're not going to do it. I wouldn't mind seeing them shorten the season a little bit. I Like, cut it down to, like, 120 games, 140 games. Cut, you know, cut some of the games out. Still, still keep it as a pretty long season. Give the players a few more days off. Um whatever like keep like i don't know you can still keep the same timeline just you know a, a few more days off the quality of baseball is going to go up at that point um you're going to see your stars on the field more less like uh, you know less games missed from like you know days off resting stuff like that it just makes the games matter more during yeah. the regular season you know what i mean i mean not to say that the games don't matter cuz of course we're coming down to the final you know the final month of the season month and a half so the games matter but yeah, the O's are sitting at 74 and 45 right now. Right. So if they played 120 games, they got five games left this season with only a three game lead on Tampa Bay. Orioles have 43 games left to play this year. That's what I'm saying. So like if we just, you know, if we chipped it down a little bit, I think it I think it could help baseball a ton. Um it would make the games matter more. Um like I said, you can give players a little bit more of rest in between series. Like, for example, right now, we'll just take the Orioles. They're on a nine-game West Coast stand. Mm-hmm. They fly back. Game four of it is tonight. Five. Thank you. Yes. Game five of it is tonight. Second game against the San Diego Padres. They play them again tomorrow. And then they play, I believe, the Oakland A's. I fucking hope. I believe we play the A's next. Um, so we have day off. Thursday we have off. Okay. So we play. We finish the series tomorrow. Then we travel, I believe, to Oakland. <laughs> for a three-game set there. Woo! Then we come back. And once again, I think we get a day off. So we play them Friday, Saturday, Tra- Sunday. Travel day, yeah. Have off on Monday. Tuesday, we're back on a little bit of a homestand. Let me pull it up here. I'll have to look at it too. I won't be able to talk about it. Yeah. Monday we have off. Tuesday, three games set against the Blue Jays. That's a pretty important series. One day off after a nine-game West Coast stand. Let's see. We had... No days off in between the Mariners and the Padres. Yeah. We get one day off in between the Padres and well, the luckily, A's. Well, luckily with the Mariners game, it was earlier in the day. It was like a 1 o'clock West Coast time. True. And then we get one day off in between coming back from the West Coast, coming back to the East Coast. So, like, in this circumstance, looking ahead, it affords the Orioles a little bit more time off. Yeah, looking ahead also. So, after they finish up the Blue Jays, they take on the Rockies. At home. And then the White Sox at home get a day off on the thirty first, and then they're going back to the West Coast for, I believe, a six game stand against the Diamondbacks and the Angels. And then Di- they're then they have to travel back across country to go to Boston. So that's what I'm saying. Like that travel is insane. That travel is absolutely insane. Shorten the season a little bit by twenty forty games. You factor in a little bit more travel time. The product you're getting on the field is going to be then be better. You're going to see your stars on the field more, which is good for baseball. Yeah. Right? Like, you might not be an Orioles fan, but you might want to tune in and watch Gunnar Henderson or uh, Cedric Mullins or Adley Rutschman play. 
you don't necessarily want to watch Aaron Hicks in center field or um, Ramon Urias play third base or James McCann behind the plate if you're not an Orioles fan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not tuning into that. So shortening the season gives them that uh, allows them that luxury of a little bit better travel for the players, which I think ultimately would be better for the sport. But I understand that's a lot of money to lose. Yeah. If anything, if anything, I could see them extending the season, adding on twenty games and pushing it through October. More days off, just adding a few extra games. That frees up 10 days, 182 games, 10 extra days of rest. I'm saying, you know, move spring training up a little bit. They're down in Florida and everything like that anyway. Right. Or move it from Florida, put everything like out in the West Coast or something like that. Or like in a central location like a Texas. That's what I'm saying. Move spring training up a little bit. Get the season started a little bit earlier. Because, like, that baseball, that playoff baseball in October is so iconic. Right. You can't take that away. No. And you can't move the season back either. You can't be playing baseball in the, you know, mid-November. That's not good for anybody. You ever play baseball in the, in the, in the cold? That shit sucks. Yeah. You catch one pitch on the inside of that bat, you will say the Lord's name. <laughs> And it will not have a nice infliction on it. <laughs> that shit sucks. You get hit by a pitch in cold weather. You're gonna see more mound visits from the batter. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're if you're getting hit by pitches in general, it doesn't feel good. No, you take you take a 94 mile an hour fastball on an 80 degree day. It hurts like the dickens, but it doesn't sting as bad. Hurts like the fucking dickens. That's a saying. I know it is. It's just it's it's Caught still off. it's still just funny. Yeah. You you take one on an 88-degree day, hurts, doesn't sting as bad. You take one on a 42-degree day? Yeah. Might as well pull you out of the game. Continue to talk about baseball a little bit more. Keep talking about the, talking about the Orioles. Um, very popular topic here on the podcast as of late. It is. I pulled Four. that topic out of my ass. That's okay. We, I mean, we need a little bit more to talk about anyway. Um... Like I said, Orioles, very popular topic as of late for very, very good reasons. Um, saw a very, very um, eye-opening graphic today. Did not realize it. Um, 24 and 10 since July 4th. Oh, yeah. Didn't realize it. I, I had I had to fucking count the losses. 24 and 10 since July 1st. Dude, we're on July 4th. Yep. Um, CBS currently has us rated as the number three team in baseball. Dodgers are on a crazy winning streak right now. They're playing really good baseball. So they, mm-hmm. so it's Braves, Dodgers, us. Even though we have the second best record in the MLB, um, Dodgers are on our ass though. I think they're like a game and a half, two games behind us. Let's see what their winning percentage is. We're currently sitting at a six twenty two percentage. The Dodgers are at six oh seven. Don't know how close that actually is. Um. I can actually seventy one and forty six versus seventy four and forty five. We're like three games up on them. Uh, we have two games up on them. Two, okay. Well, we're two and a half behind the Braves, um, and the Dodgers are four and a half behind the Braves. So we have a two game lead okay. over the Dodgers. Um, not that the Dodgers really have anything to do with us now at this point. Um, we're eight and a half up on Toronto. 
uh, who is in the last wild card spot. So, division or not division, postseason's looking really, really good for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, as long as we make, as long as we win the division, we'll get a home, at least one home playoff game in Baltimore. Oh yeah, uh, which would be really, really nice to see. Um, series against Seattle didn't go too well. Friday night kind of got their kind of got their shit cracked in by a, another team that's playing really good baseball right now. They've dropped three straight. Seattle has. They lost last night to Oakland on a walk off bunt. Oops. Um, we broke them. Right. I mean, they, they look. They, they had an eight game winning streak going. They had just swept the Padres. Like mm-hmm. they're the Seattle has Seattle probably has I think numbers wise the best starting pitching staff in the bigs right now. Um, so the fact that we were able to hang around with them, uh, is a really, is a really, really good sign of, you know, that this stretch that we're in right now, it's, it's sustainable. It's not just, you know, it's not just some bullshit stretch that we're in. Sure. Um, (laughs) game two of that series against Seattle, we won one to nothing in the 10th inning. Felix Bautista gets the two inning outing for the win. Heading into game number three, the rubber match on Sunday. If you're an Orioles fan, you fucking know what happened by now. Cedric Mullins, it made himself known in that game. Was on a... Since we're turning from the injured list, I think he was on like an 0 for 9 at the time. Head, heading heading into the whole fucking series of events at the end of the game. He was at an 0 for 9. Um... Top of the ninth, I shit on him all the fucking time for a good reason. But top of the ninth on third base showed why Jorge Mateo is still on the team. Not a big fan of him, but that was probably one of the best base running exhibitions I've ever seen. I told you, like, defense and base running, when the defense isn't there, it makes you wonder, what the fuck are we doing with this guy? I don't know what's going on with the hitting. We've said it before. How do you go from being an AL MVP contender at the beginning of the season, hitting with the numbers he had, to just completely falling off? But that dude is electric on the base pass. Like, he is the fastest player in the league. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz gives him a fucking run for his money, but Jorge Mateo is just, he's so goddamn fast. Speaking of L.A. De La Cruz, you know he dropped out of the top five for Rookie of the Year race? Odds-wise? He fell off. Hard. He He's just carrying the name he built for himself at the beginning of the season. Right. That's it. Yeah, hard. Corbin Carroll, is, he's got that locked up. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yes. Jorge Mateo on that uh, on the base pass from third to home, that was ridiculous. It, on, a, on a dribbler that was 30 feet in front of the plate. Yeah, he had no business making this. No. Barely made it. Barely made it. I don't think there's anybody else that would have made it. Yeah, it would have been... Um... Like, like, it was just... It was just a... the, like, it was just it was just a perfect series of events. Him and Ellie De La Cruz, maybe. And look, don't get me wrong. Trey Turner is very fast. He's a very fast base runner, everything like that. But Jorge Mateo being a little bit taller, Ellie De La Cruz being a little bit taller, I think that gives him advantage... With that slide, that that arm length, that was insane. Regardless, go up by one run at the top of the ninth. Um, of course, uh, Yanir Cano takes the eighth. Felix not available to pitch the ninth. Send in Mike Bauman, um, who's been really, really good since he switched over to the bullpen. 
Mm-hmm. Really, really good. So she switched to the bullpen. Um, second batter, second batter in the inning. Ty France launches one to right center field. Look, I I've never seen a catch better in my life. Like we we hyped up the Austin Hayes catch to save the game in Toronto, but what Cedric Mullins did in Seattle was different. Robbed a home run. His glove was over the fucking wall when he caught it. Oh yeah, like that. Like, see, and and like the like the thing is, like like Adam Jones was a taller center fielder, so like he could scale that wall easier. Cedric Mullins is like, I think he's under six feet tall. He's like five ten, right? So he so he jumped as high as his body allowed him to to catch that ball. Crazy. Absolutely, absolutely crazy, crazy catch. I thought to myself, you know what? After that, we deserve to win this fucking game. Two pitches later, I don't know what I, I don't, I don't know what his, I don't know what his name, what his name is. But the ne- very, very next batter, if he hit that a little bit harder, he's shattering the window in the box. Yep. Mike Bauman gives up the game tying home run. Um, after Cedric Mullins. Rob them of the game tying home run. Right. Goes to the 10th inning. Uh, of course, with the new MLB rules, there's an automatic runner placed on second base. Um, after one out, Cedric Mullen comes to the plate. I thought, oh man, he had, he ripped it, ripped it just a little bit right of the foul, of the foul pole. I'm like, okay. He's on it. He's on it right now. Two pitches later, home run. Two run shot. Like, if you have never watched baseball before, if that was the one game you've ever watched, you would have thought Cedric Mullins is the best player on the planet. Yeah. Robbing a home run, and then literally two outs later, you hit the go-ahead two-run shot. That's the shit we were expecting out of Mike Trout five years ago. Right, like, Mike Trout was doing that shit on a consistent basis. Yeah, it was insane. Send a Fujinami, get the save, and then last night... Grayson Rodriguez outdoors. In- Hold on. That game. The 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 one nothing win. Yeah. Game game two of the series. I'm gonna give my flowers to George Kirby. Nine innings. Nine innings. Nine shutout innings. Yep. Gets a no decision. Crazy, right? He only gave up three hits. Nine shutout innings, three hits, seven K's, drawing a blank on how many walks, but no decision. Well, that was just like that. That was just like the last game that we played in Seattle. Radish went seven. No decision. Seven went nine shutout innings and a no decision. Though was fucking wild. Yeah. If I'm if I'm George Kirby, I'm in the I'm in the clubhouse cursing motherfuckers out. But at the same time, like you're doing everything you can. One team, I mean, one run, one run crosses the plate the entire time. That's just, no, I mean, I yeah. get it, right? Like it was, it was a series of events. Cedric started on second base, ended up stealing third. No throw down to third, like he was, he was in there by a mile. Um, and then Mountcastle just hits a fucking piss missile back up the middle. I think there's like two. I think there's like one player in baseball right now. It's hotter than Ryan Mountcastle. It's probably probably Freddie Freeman. Mm, eight, yeah. I don't know, dude. Anybody on that fucking Atlanta team right now? I saw something. This is crazy. Matt Olson and Austin Riley. 
um, the first and third baseman. Which order? Don't know. I think Matt Olson's third. Olson mm-hmm. Riley's first. But regardless, I'm not, I, I think it's switched. It, regard, Matt regardless, first base. Regardless, um, since the All Star break, if they were if they had played at the pace they're playing at right now, I think they would combine for 154 home runs. Fuck. Matt Olson would be on pace to hit 81 home runs. Good lord. They potentially have uh five batters to hit 30 plus home runs. Orioles have done that. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Five players on the same roster, 30 plus home yeah. runs. That's insane. Let's see. Manny did, JJ did, Adam Jones did, Chris Davis did. Probably Mark Trumbo. Or Nelson Cruz, one of the two. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Not discrediting it. I'm just saying. No, it's 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 an impressive feat. Done in the Baltimore, they can do it. In, they can do it in Atlanta. That's fair. That was the Buck Show Walter days, where if you were if you weren't fucking hitting it over the fence, you were fucking grabbing some pine or just swinging the, swinging the three pitches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you were done. Um, um, but no, I just wanted to give George Kirby his flowers on that because that's yeah. an impressive outing. Um, I I do not feel bad for him because the Seattle fan base fucking sucks. Right, like I like like this. The, the Seattle fan base is weird. Like I was like I saw I saw a clip of. Their broadcast team saying how they hope they don't see the Orioles post something about uh, Felix Bautista being King Felix. They brought it on themselves. Right. It was their reporter that made it some. We don't call him King Felix. We did it once. One time we did it. It's, it's, not, it's not like we do it all the time. It's the mountain. The mountain. That's what he fucking is. We have done it one fucking time and now they're so concerned about it that it's like you you almost want to keep doing it just to annoy them well it's to the point that other teams are getting in on it have you noticed that Mm -mm. the astros got in on it so that kyle tucker grand slam he hit off felix bautista they said king felix meet king tuck they're getting in on calling him King Felix. Now, that's granted, Astros, Seattle, division rivals. But that's funny as shit, dude. The Astros are getting in on it. Yeah, that is funny. Like, they, they just, like, just calm down. It's okay. Well, their reporter was like, hey, so so you think that that's, that's Felix Hernandez nickname, not yours, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you, you think it's it's wrong for you to be called that, right? Yeah, yeah. Felix, Felix Bautista's like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So, okay, so, sure. so, yeah, so, stop so, fucking talking to me. So, so here, here's the thing. Felix Bautista, to begin with, does not speak very good English. No. If you're an Orioles fan, you know that. A lot of times, Jorge Mateo has to come out and translate for Felix Bautista whenever, if, if, if for any reason they have to come out, like the coaching staff has to come out, he has to be the translator. Mm-hmm. Um,. So you so number one, this guy's enjoying his all star break. First ever all star. Right. He'd been in the minors for how fucking long? Orioles gave him a chance because we're like, what else we got to fucking lose? And now it's you know, it's it's paying dividends now at this point for the Orioles. Um so he's enjoying his first ever all star appearance, and now you come up and you berate him with a question like that. Like that just shows kind of like what a piece of shit you are. Oh yeah. Oh dude, that guy got slandered on the internet. For that reason. Oh yeah, my man, my man's got shit. Yeah, it, like, like I think the only people that supported him for what he did was Seattle fans. I think even some of them probably like, all right, bro, 
Like, yeah, like, like, calm down. It's not a big deal. Look, I'll be the first one to say. They had, like, like King Felix, that's their guy. Felix Hernandez was one of the best fucking pitchers I've ever seen. We're not here to take that away. By any means. But just because you called your guy King Felix for, what, well over a decade, um... Doesn't mean that we can't call our guy King Felix once. You don't coin the term. That's not how this works. I mean, I get it because we get pissy when they call Joe Burrow Joe Cool. <sighs> I just get pissed because I think everybody puts him on a fucking pedestal, but we're not here to talk about Joe Burrow. I'm right just now. saying, I'm yeah. just saying, like, I get it, but like, you can call him Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow. I don't give a fuck. You can call him whatever that. Just not Joe Cool. That's our man's. No, it's not copyrighted, but that's our man's. Yeah. Joe Flack is the original Joe Cool. He is. Now, Joe Burrow starts walking around with a Fu Manchu. Maybe I'll, maybe my opinion will fucking change on him. When Joe Burrow has a Fu Manchu, throws 11 touchdowns in a playoff run. No interceptions. I'll give him a pass. When Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change it. With a Fu Manchu. With a Fu Manchu. Gotta have the Fu yeah. Manchu. That's the stipulation. But he's got to win it with the Bengals. If he leaves and he doesn't win win the win it with the Bengals, it doesn't count. What if he just what if he's talking like just a mustache? No. No. It's gotta I don't give a fuck. It's gotta have the handlebars. Yeah. Alright. Look, homie could ride his bike with no handlebars, but You right. You're right, but um, just to wrap it up, the Orioles are playing some damn good baseball right now. One of the uh, one of the best teams in the in baseball still hold the best record in the American League. Um, what? Yeah, what, I wanted to talk about the game last night very briefly. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez um, went toe to toe with Yu Darvish, um, who became the all time MLB leader in strikeouts for a Japanese born pitcher. Good for him. Um, so good for Yu Darvish. Um, Ryan O'Hearn. Start the game off with a home run, and then Gunner doing what Gunner does, ripping a double into the left field corner. Bases clearing. Yeah, bases bases clearing double. Um, four to one victory last night. Felix got the save last night. It was available. Will be available tonight if needed. Um, G Rod has looked good since coming back up from the minors. Yeah, definitely. Whatever they did down there, fucking worked. Just a confidence thing, man. His strikeout numbers are down, but then again, so is his ERA, so are his home runs allowed, so are his, so his walks allowed, so are the hits allowed. That's fine. Uh, I think I think they said last night on the broadcast that since returning back to the MLB level, I think Grayson Rodriguez is allowing like a batting average of like 220. Perfect. Yeah, so um and you know, like like the win numbers aren't there for Grayson Rodriguez right now at this point, but every time that he gets sent out on the hill, he's going against another team's ace. He went toe to toe with Garrett Cole. He went toe to toe with Garrett Cole, uh, Valdez. Yeah, Fromber, Fromber Valdez. I, two AL Cy Young contenders. Right. Two of the top AL Cy Young contenders. Right. Um, I gotta look to see who else he's going against. He's going against some really really tough pitching lately. Just went against you, Darvish. Yeah, you Darvish. And he's 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 a little. Not. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's Darvish a little, is a good pitcher. He's a little up there now. Um, let's see. When were some of his losses earlier in the year? Wasn't with us at all in June. I think we sent him down in May. 
I don't know about earlier in the year, but that's just like the guys he's faced recently. Um, John Gray is one of them. Oh yeah, from the Rangers. Lost twelve to two that day. Uh, Otani. Zach Eflin. Yeah. These are just games that he got decisions in. That doesn't that doesn't even take into account what he didn't get decisions for. Pretty he started to get someone really good his first start of the year. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean not it. super important, but yeah. Grayson Rodriguez has looked very good since coming back up from the minors. Um, whatever they did down there really seemed to work for him. Yeah, and um, in 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 the same breath of that, we sent uh, Colton Kowser back down to AAA, make room for Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks to come back up. Same thing's gonna happen. Um, he's gonna go down. He's gonna get himself right. He's gonna come back up. Um, he didn't play very well in the opportunities that he did get. I don't think he really got a lot of opportunities to begin with. I think they could have given him more of a chance to figure it out at the MLB level, but as a team that is in the situation, they're with a team that's in the situation that they're in right now. You know, you kind of want the guys who you know you can rely on day in and day out, as opposed to the guy who, okay, well, if he does figure it out, watch out. Instead, mm-hmm. instead, you want the guy who's like, okay, if he's on one today, he's. He's whatever, but if he's not on one, we still know what we're gonna get. I mean, I'll say this about Colton Kowser. I think he's had he had enough of an opportunity to show more than what he did. Um, but I do agree some some more reps, some more you know, some more opportunities would definitely be good for him. But when we're competing for the AL seating. Like the number one seed versus the number two seed versus a wild card spot, blah blah blah. Like we're competing in a, in a very tough division right now. Um, there's no guarantees that the Rays don't catch back up to us. The Blue Jays could get fucking hot and like come storming back. Um, you got to have the guys out there. This is the time of year where like experiments are done being had. Right. You like like you, you you know what you know what kind of players you have on your ball on your ball club now. You know how to use them. You know what they're good at. You know what they're not good at. You know you know where everybody's gonna slide into now at this point. That's I mean that's why I think there was a lot of convers a lot of like conversation around Adley being moved to the lead off lead off spot so late in the season mm-hmm. because it's like okay well why like like one time okay you got, you got nobody else to fucking do it whatever but. Why are we experimenting with this so late in the season? It's paid dividends now at this point. Well, we um, have three guys, four guys that could lead off now. Adley, Gunner, Cedric. You could put Hayes there if you really wanted to, but yeah, I think those other three guys deserve the the lead off spot over Hayes. But yeah, I mean, I mean, so so the thing with Adley is his OBP is the best on the team, right? Yeah. So so if you if you have a guy who's getting on the on base, I've, I mean, I've talked about it before. If you have a guy who's getting on base 44 percent of the time. Odds are, at least in terms of baseball standards, are in your favor that somebody's going to be on base for your next guy to come up bat. And if it's a guy like like I would much rather have somebody along the lines of Gunnar Henderson come up with somebody on base than Adley Rutschman, just because I know 
Okay, Adley might advance him a base. Mm-hmm. Gunner might touch all four. Right. No, I, I'm with Gunner, you. Gunner, Gunner has more more pop in his bat than Adley does, but that's also not Adley's game. Adley's much more of a of a contact guy, extra base hits. Singles and doubles. Singles, doubles. Singles, of, doubles, and walks. A lot of walks. Gunner Henderson is that, I'm going to take a fucking daddy hack at this ball if I fucking see fit. <laughs> Like he did last night, and it first, could pay off. First pitch he fucking saw when the bases were loaded from you, Darvish. He hit a fu- he picked up three RBIs for us. Yeah, tapped it down the left field line, right in the corner. Juan Soto wasn't able to get over there fast enough to cut it off. Adley Rushman scored from first base, and give a ton. Those two guys not even gonna be the best fu- best fucking player on the team, dude. I think Jackson Holiday needs to be in Triple A ball. I think it's I I think it's a stretch for him to be that high this late in the year. Personally, personally, I understand. No, just get him the reps. Just get him the reps up there. Because he's dominating double A. It's it's video game numbers. He played high school ball last year. Yeah. Yeah. He's put up video video game numbers in double A. Right. Just get him in triple A. Get him the reps. See in those pitches. More reps at that level are not going to hurt him. It's the same thing. Like, it's what we're talking about with Colton Cowser. More reps would have done him some good. More reps at AAA for Jackson Holiday are going to do him good. Finish off the last month and a half in AAA, whatever it is, he'll be fine. He he will be okay in AAA. Come next season, we start him in AAA again. Some point, maybe we bring him up to the up to the league. Maybe, maybe, maybe we just give him a full season in AAA. Depends on how the team's doing. Maybe some injuries. Depends what happens. Yeah, right. dep- depends depends what we do with the infield too. But an extra month in triple A ain't gonna hurt the kid. That's I, that's all I'm saying. I like I understand I understand your train of thought and I agree with it. I would love to see him get the triple A. I don't think they'd do it because I don't think they want to put that expectation on him. I don't think it I don't think it adds any expectation that's not deserved. Like we just said, the kid is putting up video game numbers in double A. I like I just and and Look, he's 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 a pro ball player. He was drafted number one for a reason. I don't want him to think that. Like I, I my 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 whole thing is I don't want us to get. I don't want us to put him in into a position where he thinks he has to be this guy for us. And may it like jumping from rookie ball to triple A in a calendar year, a is fucking dumb. Like in a good way. That's just like yeah. so. That's just like so outrageous that it's like hard to fathom, right? But at the same time, I also I also think that it's. I also think that that it's us putting the expectation of. Okay, well, we need you fucking ready. When when in, when in actual in actuality we don't, and I think I think. The way that the team is performing now. And the way the left side of the infield is performing, I mean. You have Gunner who's hitting well for both spots, and then you have your Rise who can come in and play sh- short or third. He's better. He's better at third than short. And they even move Westbrook over. I've seen thir- him. Play. I've, I've seen thir- him get some reps at third earlier this um or late last week too. So I think with the fact that we have kind of the left side of that, the left side stability now at this point, I think that's why you're not going to see him come up just yet. Like I said, you just have the conversation. Hey, look, man, we're not trying to like 
expedite your timeline or anything like that. We just want to get you up here, get, get you some more reps in AAA, get you a little bit more comfortable, because there is a jump between AA to AAA ball, right? And then there's uh, there's a jump between AAA to MLB. Right. Um, let's just, you know, hey, let's get you some more reps up here. You know, you've been you've been killing it in Double A. There's people that are already saying like for him being the number one overall pick in the draft, he is exceeding expectations as the number one overall pick in the draft. I don't know. If, I don't know about exceeding expectations because it, like it's hard to put expectations in the in the minors because so many guys will go kill it in the minors and don't do shit in MLB, right? Well, yeah, for sure. Maybe, maybe exceeding the timeline. Yeah, well, and just be like, hey, look, we just want to get you up here in Triple A, get you some reps at a higher level. Right, like we, the more reps you take, the better off you're going to be. The more reps he takes at AAA, the better off he is going to be. We're going to put him in a position for success, a better position for success. It's not necessarily saying like, hey, next year you got to be up. Yeah, or we're going to start you in the MLB next year, or anything like that. But just be like, hey, hey, look, man, you're fucking killing it. Let's get you up here. Let's get you against uh, a little bit of a. A little bit of a bump in talent. We'll see what happens. I will. I I will say this. Do I think he finds his way up to AAA this year? No. Um. Will I be surprised if they move him up there this year? Yes. Will I be mad about it? Also, no. But I will say this also. the The pace that he's the pace that he's at right now is torrid right now in Double A. It's incredible. What he's doing at Double A. If you haven't looked at Jackson Halliday's numbers at Double A yet, I strongly recommend you go take a look at what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's something ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I he's had the numbers something like four or five four hit or more games. <sighs> so like the kid fucking is raking in Double A right now. I will say this. Because he was already he was already a spring training invite this year, mm-hmm. kind of just get like actual MLB work in. Next year he'll be a legitimate invite, and you'll actually see him play real ABs in spring training. There is a very very real possibility. <coughs> I think this is a, I wouldn't say a very very real possibility, but I think there's a possibility, and don't be surprised if this happens. There's a possibility that Jackson Holiday never steps foot in Norfolk. Let's see, in 79 at-bats um, in the 2023 season for double-A ball, 79 at-bats, he is he has three bombs, 10 RBIs, nine walks, one intentional walk, uh, and his is hitting 380. Yeah, so 79 ABs, I think that's too small of a sample size right now. Granted, he's doing really, really good, but I would like to see him get... 100 200 ABs before they do move him before they do move him to triple ideally cuz like if you're if you're like all right 80 ABs see you up there i think that's like i think that's like that's like a desperation move i feel that's like, i mean it maybe it maybe that may be the wrong way to like quote it but that's something that like that would be something that like a team that needs him up there would do and I like I think if our scenario like if our situation was different, like if we needed him up there, not only just for his performance aspect, 
but the sheer aspect of okay, we have this super prospect right now in in, in the minors. Let's bring him. Let's just let's let's just get him up here quick. Like if our ticket sales sucked, okay, I get it. You want to you want to you want people to come in and see Jackson Holiday play, but we're in good shape with that. The performance is the team performance is pretty good. I think the Orioles can afford to wait on him, but if they choose not to, I won't be surprised. I just would, I wouldn't mind to see him in Triple A. I would I I mean I would I wouldn't mind either. I th- I think it's a I think it, like I said I'd be, I'd be shocked if I do see him, but I, I won't be upset by it. Stay fucking open, phone. Fuck you. Piece of shit. All right, let's move on to some baseball stuff. Baseball stuff. Football, football stuff. stuff. That's enough of the baseball stuff. A little bit of football today. Nothing too crazy. Um. Today it was announced that Anthony Richardson will actually be the week one starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Shane Steichen has come out and said that that's uh, that's their guy. Yeah, a little earlier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be a little bit like more midway through the season. But, you know, the type of offense that Shane Steichen wants to run is probably very similar to what they were doing last year in Philadelphia. Yeah. And Anthony Richardson it fits that mold of what Jalen Hurts did better than Gardner Minshew. And I think, I think maybe knowing the expectation of the team of we're not like expectations aren't too high. I think they can afford to let him just go out and just be a gunslinger all season and, and make his mistakes. Take and, the lumps, right? Take the lumps, make the mistakes, and know that if it gets too bad or if like he gets banged up, you do have somebody reliable behind you. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad at the move. No. Little little surprised that it, that it's this early, no. But then again, at the same time, there's no question he's like he's the most talented quarterback in that room. Oh yeah, just let him get out there, get his le- get his reps, take his lumps, um, have Gardner Minshew, Sam Ellinger behind him, help him kind of you know right learn the ropes of the NFL. Um, didn't look enti- didn't look entirely great in his first preseason appearance, but then again, neither did Bryce Young, neither did Will Levis, neither did CJ Stroud. It's very hard for a rookie to come out and look good. Yeah. CJ like, Stroud is expected to start the second preseason game for the Texans. Widely expected that he will be the week one starter as well. Will Levis, um, after his performance, I think solidified Malik Willis's spot on the roster. As QB as QB two. Yeah. This will for Will Levis, this will probably be a red shirt year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Heavens forbid, a bunch of injuries. Yeah, if, if there's a bunch of injuries or if the team's going nowhere fucking fast, okay, maybe. Well, at that point, I think you put in Malik Willis and just let, see what he can do and then give Will Levis his shot next year. Bryce Young, um, kind of a rough appearance as well. Offensive line sucks. There for Carolina. Um, hopefully they can get that shit figured out. Or um, <clears throat> Same thing with uh, CJ Stroud down in Houston. The offensive line just let him down. Good thing. So the good thing for CJ Stroud is he's 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 a little bit more bigger bodied. Yeah, right? he's built for it. Yeah, Bryce Young had a little bit of, like when Bryce Young was able to get hit at Bama, um, you know he had times where he had to leave the game. Right. right. CJ Stroud is he's got that bigger prototypical quarterback body. Bryce Young's a little smaller, so that could hurt things. Yeah, that's the risk you take. Yeah. A um, lot of running back news coming out of the NFL this week. Um, two of the big ones, 
um, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor both being activated from the PUP list, uh, the physically unable to perform list or play, perform, whatever it is. Um, I think it's I think I think performance. I think it is perform. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins back at practice. Um, you know he, he's doing some team drills, some some indie drills, everything like that. Um, I I don't think he's getting any reps in the um, in the joint practice with the Mandy's. He did pass his conditioning test day one, so that's that's a, that's a great sign. That's a good sign. I haven't seen Jonathan Taylor out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been at practice. Not dressed up, not really practicing, not doing like indie drills or anything like that. But um, we can expect him back for. I think they're saying week one. I think they're saying week one. He's yeah. good to go. Yeah, week one. If not, what? If not week one, definitely week two. Um, yeah. uh, another player that just got activated off the PUP list for the Ravens is also Bateman. Um, my pick to end up being receiver number one by the end of the year. I still think it might be safe flowers, bro. Well, I I, I think. I think I think Zay will be the most impactful, but I think Bateman will have the best numbers. Receiving numbers, pure. I think all around numbers probably be Zay, because he'll probably he'll probably get some touches in the running game as well. I hope they all just compete for the number one receiver, because then that'd be great. Yeah, very true, dude. Zay Zay just he looks so fucking good. Um, other news when it comes to running backs, CQ Elliott has signed a deal with the Patriots, one year, six point eight million dollars. Dalvin Cook has also signed a one year deal with the New York Jets, one year for eight million dollars. Um, the the Jets picked the right one. Two million dollars more for Dalvin Cook than Ezekiel Elliott. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the decline of Ezekiel Elliott has been pretty evident ever since he signed his big deal. Um. The year before he signed his big deal, I think he was averaging 106 yards a game. Maybe, maybe not that much because that's that's kind of crazy to think 1600 yards. Dude, he was dominant. He, I mean, he was dominant. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that. Um, but every year since he signed his deal, it's just gone lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. So the um, the decline is definitely there. Now, let me ask you this from a fantasy perspective. Who who is impacted more? So who's whose ADP do you think drops more? Is it Brees Hall or Ramondre Stevenson? Ramondre Stevenson for sure. Uh, Brees Hall coming off an injury, um, means more than Ramondre Stevenson coming into camp healthy. Okay. Um, now now I I'll ask you this: Do you think was Zeke signed on as an insurance policy or just the fact that they have no running back depth? Um, I think he was he was more or less just I don't want to say an insurance policy, just another proven veteran guy that can get some reps behind Ramondre Stevenson that um, Bill Belichick will probably trust. Um, I don't know if he trusts like Pierre Strong, and they have another guy with the last name Harris over there that was mad confusing when Damian Harris was there as well. Yeah, um, over there at running back. Maybe the whole thought for Zeke is short line, short yardage, goal line situation. Yeah, kind which, of, kind of a similar situation to what was going on in Detroit last year with Jamal Williams and um, right Swift. Yeah, just a veteran guy that um, smells good. Does smell good. Um, that Bill Belichick will will trust, and we know how quickly he he loses trust in running backs. Like you fumble his football once, you won't see the field for three weeks. Yeah. Um, just another guy he can go out there. Maybe get Ramondre Stevenson off so he can actually fucking breathe and get some water. Um, yeah. When it comes to Dalvin Cook, um, Brees Hall returned to practice today, the day after he the day after Dalvin Cook was signed. Yep. Um, I think they're just trying to have a two headed monster back there. 
We'll see. Maybe they're going to be <laughs> understand that you have Brees Hall on a um, on a rookie contract. You're not paying him a ton. You get Aaron Rodgers. When you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you're kind of opening up a Super Bowl window. It's like, all right, well, hey, we just got this guy. Our window's open, so we got to fucking do the damn thing. What do you think? The, what do you think the chances are of, the, of this year's New York Jets being last year's Denver Broncos? I will say this while while you do while you do ponder that as well. Russell Wilson looked like shit in the preseason. Yeah, <clears throat> playing against the backups in Arizona. Um, I don't think that they're going to be this year's Denver Broncos. Um, lofty expectations. Teams a quarterback away. I think they have better veteran leadership. Okay. Um, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, I, I CJ Mosley on the defense. I would definitely think that um, Aaron Rodgers is a better leader than Russell Wilson. I mean, there have been multiple multiple people coming out and saying reports that kind of solidifies that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, the Jets will be this year's Broncos. Okay. I think, I think the odds on that are pretty slim, honestly. I was just, I was just picking your brain on that. No, it's a fair question. See, see, see what you would think. But, uh, I think, I think the Broncos are in for another long year. Yeah. I think, so they're going from a way to relax system that I think Nathaniel Hackett had mm-hmm. that it was, that was ran by Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now you're having a militant, militant-esque uh, leadership with Sean Payton, I just do not. I do not envision this working. I will say this: fantasy perspe- fantasy perspective. If you if you want to know my opinion on on who to draft from the Denver Broncos, short answer: no one. Fair, because I think at best for the Denver Broncos this year, I think at best they're going to be like a mid tier offense. At best. At worst, they'll be worse than last year. Damn. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they will be worse than last year, but uh, they left their starters in for way too fucking long in the preseason for them to do nothing. Yeah, that's fair. Against a... as a defensive head coach, but a rookie head coach's second string team when they're already going to suck. Yeah. Sound good luck. Right. It just doesn't sound good. I think I I think Russell Wilson's done. We'll find out. That's just me. My opinion. We'll find out. Uh let's move on. So we were talking about it earlier, the joint practices um going on. Are you okay with fights going on at these joint practices? Um, to an extent, um getting a little chippy is one thing, right? Pushing, shoving. We've seen it for years. Seen we've seen it we've seen it for years. Um DeAndre Hopkins and D'Angelo Hall. It's 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 the matter of how it happens. Like what causes it to happen is 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 really the big question for me. So prime example today, Ravens Commanders. They're they're currently doing a joint practice for their game upcoming this Saturday. Um, two fights back to back plays. Yes. Um. First one was Tylen Wallace being the instigator. Second one was a player from the Commanders trying to make contact with Mark Andrews when they're not wearing shoulder pads. 
Well, I think they're wearing like light shoulder. They're I think they're wearing shoulder pads, but okay. Well, it's, they're it's, not full pads. It's, like they're not wearing they're not wearing rib plates and shit. It's literally just the shoulder pads and a helmet. Right. So depending on so, if it's warranted, sure. Because did D'Angelo Hall and DeAndre Hopkins? That wasn't really a fight. They were just like talking shit, and DeAndre Hopkins told him, "I fear God." And then right. the next play, D'Angelo Hall tore his ACL. Uh, the Tylen Wallace and Emmanuel Forbes thing, I don't agree with punching him in the face, but, like, I'm okay with some pushback and everything like that because, like, the play was dead and, like, Emmanuel Forbes came in and, like, tried to punch the ball out, like, late. So, like, Tylen Wallace turned around and said, bitch. Right. And then they got into a fight and, like, that was a whole thing. Devin DuVernay slammed his ass to the ground. I- also, I'll say, I'll say this, too. I mean, no, none of them really listen to the podcast, so it doesn't, so it doesn't really make a big deal. But... If you're a sports reporter for a team, why don't you keep it a fucking buck? Facts. Don't fucking don't fucking lie to your audience just just so it seems like oh the team's the team's looking pretty good. Our offensive line was much more physical. I'm th- I'm talking about a guy who reports for the Commanders on Twitter, or at least we saw it on Twitter, was saying that the the Commanders were more physical than the Ravens today. Even though the Ravens started two fights, so you're wrong there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Try to try to say that the Commanders' offensive line looked better than the Ravens, even though Odafi Owe had three sacks. I didn't hear anything about what the Commanders did on defense. I only saw from the Ravens' point of view, and that was a lot of Zay Flowers just making corners look dumb. There was a, there was a couple like pass breakups their corners had. Like I think Emmanuel Forbes had one on OBJ. That's like a probably it was probably a little ticky tacky call, maybe some DPI on it. Uh, um, <clears throat> but they had a few pass breakups. I didn't hear about like. Like really, like a ton of pressure that they were getting, you know, or anything it did, like, like that. Based on what I saw, it didn't really seem like it was the best passing day of Lamar. I heard he overthrew, heard he underthrew. I saw a few underthrown balls. Yeah, I also saw one overthrown one where he had uh, he had Zay Flowers just ass naked down the field, and he just missed him by like, against Forbes a second just, time. Just that much. Let me let me move it this way so you see it. Just that much. <clears throat> I think Zay was able to get a fingertip on the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it was, it was minuscule, so, small margins. If you can touch it, you should be able to catch it. Right. No, no, not that one. That's not like the James Prochet at the end of the season last year. No, like it, it, no. If it hits you in the hands, you should catch it. Odell catch you with one fucking finger. Why can't I? Well, not one finger. <laughs> He could do it with one finger. He had five. Four and a thumb if you want to get technical. Zay could be like the football version of Florida Man. He could. Catch the ball with one finger. Boop. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. Uh, no, but I'm fine with some fights getting, you know, things getting chippy, getting into fights. Like you were saying, the Mark Andrews thing. Uh, defensive back, like, dove across his body. Like, Mark Andrews took exception to that fucking suplexed him into the ground that started a whole fight uh was it deron Payne is telling mark andrews to take his helmet off blah 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 like they're trying to get into like full-on like fisticuffs in the middle of the fucking practice right um like getting chippy and like pushing a shoving and like maybe like a like slap boxing with a helmet on that's one thing but if you're trying to like if you're trying to fight another player if you are trying to fight another employee at your job, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Fair. 
Think of it in that <clears throat> regard. Trying to fight players, okay, that's all. That's all good and fine. Fucking Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. Ramirez. Yes. I, uh, it's his name always confuses me. The two of them fucking did it. Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson have done it. Hell, they do it every night in the NHL. AJ Green and Jalen Ramsey. That's another one. Um, Odell, Josh Norman. Odell and Marlon Humphrey. (laughs) Odell and Marlon Humphrey. Isaiah Stewart and the rest of the LA Lakers. That was wild. (laughs) So look, look, like, like it happens in sports, but like when you phrase it the way that I do, like you're trying to fight another employee while you're working, that just makes you sound like a dickhead. My thing is, is and look, I like Deron Payne a lot, right? I'm I'm a really big I'm a really big fan of his, but he's also got to know that Mark Andrews is not going to try and fight one of the five best defensive linemen in football. But let's also call a spade a spade and understand, like, if you're in the NFL, you're probably an alpha male. Right, like yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can't be a fucking beta if you're surviving the NFL. You got a bunch of alpha males out there. There's a bunch of testosterone. We're competing, you know, everything like that. There, you know, there's some fire. The juices are flowing. Everything like that. I'm all for it. Get chippy. Get competitive. You want fuck like let hey, I'd look at him and be like, hey, we will get them pads on tomorrow, boy, and I'm gonna smack your ass. Like, hey, I am for right. It. Like, like, I, like iron sharpens iron. So, like, so, like, when you think of it in, in that regard, it's like, okay, great. You're getting chip, you're getting physical. I'm getting physical. That's only gonna make me better, right? But like, sometimes you gotta know, like, when I'm, like enough's the fucking enough. But like, there's there's like one sound in every sport that's just like it's just so satisfying. You hear the basketball swish through the net. Perfect swish. Satisfying. Crack of a fucking bat on a home run. Satisfying. Those fucking pads smacking together on a big hit. Satisfying. And uh, I would also put, like, you hitting, like, top fucking shelf in in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Top tier. Satisfying. all, all All fucking very, very satisfying. They were at they were at the castle today. I think they'll be there again tomorrow. After that, I think that then they go to land, uh, wherever the Washington practice facility is because the game's in Landover. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, but it's it's a fucking right. It's a, it's, a fu- it's a fucking drive, so it's it's not it's not like it's anything too crazy. The players will be able to go back home for the night if they wanted to. But I'm fine with some fights in practice. Like, um, I'll say I will also say this: if Mark Andrews is suplexing you during practice. You probably fucked up. Yeah. Like, Mark Andrews isn't a type of guy that's getting into a ton of fights. Mm-hmm. The Ravens don't really get into fights, period, to begin with. I mean, even, like, Ron Rivera's, like, a very, Ron Rivera's, like, a very, like, like, he, like, he expects his players to be, what's the word, um, disciplined. Oh, yeah. I saw, I, I saw, I saw a, a report, could be wrong, but I read this on, read this on Twitter, so I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt, but this kind of sounds like something Ron Rivera would say. Mm-hmm. He said, we are going to go practice one of the better teams in the NFL. Don't fucking bullshit around. Don't be starting fights. We're here to work. Right. So, getting chippy, <clears throat> getting in the fights, John Harbaugh and Ron Rivera had, like, had a group huddle to cool everything off. Don't know how effective that's going to be, but neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, you have to have the little group huddle and be like, all right, guys, enough's a fucking enough. Right. You got to have it. Whether it works or not, that's a different conversation for a right. different day. But you got to have it. You got to at least have the conversation. Right. Um, but moving on, last week we promised you guys we would figure out the NFC wildcard situation. This still took way fucking longer than a show. This was a fucking disaster. But we did it. All right. We did it. It was stressful. It was annoying. 
damn it, do we love you, you guys, so kept, we did it. You should have kept the numbers up just so we could explain how we figured it all out. Uh, uh, no. It pissed me off. I wanted nothing more to do with it. So it came down to like the fourth, fifth, or sixth tiebreaker. It was it was something crazy. We came, were down the list. It came like the next tiebreaker we would have had to gone into is total point scored. So there was a very real possibility we weren't going to get this one figured out. But one of the tie so the one tiebreaker that we had to use in order to figure out who was then placed where was um, strength of victory. So what you do is you take all the teams' wins, combine them up. All you take every single team that they that they beat. Combine all their wins and losses, and losses, and then you get and then you get the the winning percentage. Um, I don't know exactly what the winning percentage was, um, seventy and a hundred, so seventy out of one hundred and seventy games. That is, I'm doing this way out of order, but whatever. Forty one percent, forty one percent winning percentage. So it was it was a forty one percent winning percentage for the Bears and the Giants. They the teams they beat. Both had an identical record of seventy and a hundred. What was the Cowboys? Seventy four and ninety six. Yeah, seventy four and ninety six. So seventy four divided by one seventy. So the so the strength of victory for the Cowboys was forty three and a half percent, which gives them the number the number five seed. Giants and Bears then came in next. Strength um, of schedule. Strength of schedule. Uh. Giants blew that one out of the fucking water. Uh, the NFC East is playing a tough schedule this year. Um, so your NFC playoff picture, according to the Popping Home Sports Lab, is the 49ers getting the number one seed in the bye. Saints will be playing the Bears. The Eagles will play the Giants for the second year in a row in the playoffs. And then Detroit will be hosting the Cowboys. Dude, I'm not going to lie. That kind of sounds like three pretty good games. Right. And then to recap what's going on in the AFC, Chiefs have the number one seed. The Ravens will host the Chargers. The Broncos will travel to Jacksonville. And the Bengals will travel to Buffalo. That sounds like three pretty good games there, too. Right. I think we're fucking on to something right now. I I don't think we did too bad with this, man. We have a worst of first in the Saints. Technically, yeah, they were all tied. That was a shit show last year. Right. Technically. We have new teams making the playoffs. Broncos didn't make it last year. Saints didn't. Detroit didn't. The Bears didn't. Nope. This seems pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean... What is that? New new teams in... Um. New teams in in the AFC is just one, the Broncos. Two, three, four. We got four new teams in the playoffs. Two, three, three in the four. AFC. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. No, neither am I. A worst of first, technically. Could the order potentially be mixed up? But maybe. Yeah. What, dude? All right, hold on. Is there a make the playoffs in one Fanduel for the NFL? Well, you do that, I'll figure out what the parlay looks like for division winners. Because that we have yet to put together either. NFL, more wagers. Here we go. Uh, make the playoffs, make the playoffs, make the playoffs. Win totals, alternate win totals, make playoffs. Boom. Can parlay up to seven selections. Fuck. Look, I say fantasy. Yeah. All right, so Chiefs. Bengals, Bills, 
Jags, Ravens, Chargers, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos. That seven-leg parlay has the odds of plus 2,778 as a $10 bet that pays out $277.80. A $10 bet on the eight-leg parlay for the division winners is odds of plus $29,431. wager wins you $2,900. Damn. Uh, Saints. Less than what it was last year. It was higher last year. We had something crazy last year. I just forget what it was. And then the seven-leg NFC parlay is plus $3,906. Ooh, $10 bet pays out $390.60. So the Bears probably. Yeah, I think they were the lowest down. Now, let me see who has... Let me parlay the seven lowest odds. So Bears, Broncos, Giants. Um, Bears, Broncos, Giants, Chargers... Lions, Ravens, Saints. That's crazy. We have less of a chance to make the playoffs as the Saints. Those odds look like plus 15,187. That's some value there. $10 pays out $1,518.70. That's some value there. So you can mix match. Find find what you're looking for. If you trust us, if you don't, I... Genuinely, I don't take offense to I it. I wouldn't either. Uh, <laughs> what are the top? What are the seven best odds look like? Let me see here. Uh, Cowboys, Jags, Saints. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's there. Uh, that seven leg parlay has the odds of plus six hundred and fifty four. Week. Ten dollars wins you sixty five dollars. That's I'd, fucking weak. I'd maybe stay away from that. Well, that's a that might be a pretty easy sixty five dollars, and you're taking the long shot on the fucking other seven to make it for fifteen hundred dollars. That that bets for winnies. Hey, you gotta take the wins, but you can take the wins, man. <laughs> Betting one hundred and one. Don't always go for the fucking lottery ticket. No fun in that. I understand. You can throw out a lottery ticket every now and again, but. That's how you lose your house. <laughs> Please don't lose your house. Yeah. Don't do that. But let's go ahead and get on out of here uh, on this Tuesday. Um, get the week going. Everybody have a good week. Stay safe. Make good choices. Uh, probably catch you guys on Friday. See what happens. If I have any coaching stuff I have to do. But as of right now, nothing's been said that I have anything to do. So as of right now, my Friday is good to go. I'll be here Friday, so. You'll be here Friday. Um, I live here. Hopefully, we can catch you guys on Friday. Like I said, stay safe. Make your choices. Have a good week. We'll catch you guys later. Yep. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.